Chapter Five of Fruits of the Spirit. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chad Horner from Benidorm, in the province of Alicante, in southeast Spain, on the Mediterranean coast. Fruits of the Spirit by Hamilton Wright. Maybe. Chapter Five. A Saint of Today. Every age has its saints, but it often happens that an age does not recognize its holy men and women until the light of immortality interprets them this lack of discernment is due not to any unwillingness to see but to the tenacity of accepted forms and ways of expression sainthood is still identified in many minds with asceticism and the saint who appears among us living in all the great human relations bearing the common lot speaking the universal human speech passes on her way unnoticed because those who surround and love her are looking for the medieval dress the withdrawal from the world the crossed hands the downcast eyes blessed are the saints who sought holiness in other times in escape from the world and became types of the pure and good in ages of violence passion and corruption in its calendar of saints as in its tender and reverent regard for the mother of christ the roman catholic church has recognized and responded to a deep and wholesome human instinct men need the vision of holy men and women walking stainless among the perilous ways of life indifferent to petty ambitions lifted above the pride of place and power consecrated to purity to righteousness to sweetness and to service the beautiful company of those whose lives are revelations of the heart of the infinite and upon whom amid the shadows of time the light of immortality visibly rests but these stainless and radiant spirits have not ceased to walk among men because ideals of service have changed their forms and the act of modern age has succeeded the meditative middle ages the saint of today is not less saintly because she wears no distinctive garb and seeks no refuge from the storms of life in all the ways of life today, in every field of work, in a thousand obscure households, there are saints who are loved, but who are not recognized. To know the saint under all garbs is perhaps to have something in oneself which responds to holiness, to possess something akin in its possibilities, though not in its development, to saintliness. In any event, to know the saint when she comes among us is not only to render what is due of reverence, but to receive most fully and intelligently what she has to give us this saint of today was known as saints are always known by her beautiful humility when her friends addressed her as they sometimes did with perfect sincerity but under the mask of humour as the saint she always and with kindred touch of humour spoke of herself as the sinner of the rare loveliness of her nature the beautiful and winning sweetness of her life she was as unconscious as is the flower of its delicate colouring and as the flower breathes its fragrance into the air without knowing that virtue has gone from it so did she exhale a rare and uplifting influence of which she took no note in all the long and shining calendar of saints none was more simple unaffected and childlike in spirit than she holiness clothed her like a garment but she was free from conventional pietism as the child who knows his father intimately and loves him with a perfect love is free from conventional phrases of formal affection life was so deeply and wholly religious to her that she had long ceased to think of it as a form of faith 
a kind of activity, a field of endeavour. This childlike unconsciousness made her the most delightful of companions, the gentlest of teachers, the most faithful of friends. She could speak of the highest things without affectation. She could touch the most sensitive places without giving pain. She could make the divinest credible without the aid of text or argument. She was indeed a beautiful version of the gospel in the most human speech. Like all true saints, she was intensely and unaffectedly human. For more than seventy years, she had seen life in many remote places, had known many kinds of men, had done many kinds of work, with unfailing freshness of feeling and with the strength and joy of perfect health. Then came sickness, and for seven years she lay helpless in her room, watched over with tireless vigilance, and cared for with beautiful devotion, for such as she evoked from others that which they give freely from their own natures. In that change from free activity to helpless invalidism, there must have been a terrible spiritual struggle, and in those long days and longer nights there must have been hours of inexpressible weariness, but no repining ever came from her lips. In the time of most acute suffering there was no touch of querulousness. She always spoke of her sufferings, if she spoke at all, in an impersonal way. She was always well, though her frail body was often sorely afflicted. Her spirit, securely housed in undisturbed and serene faith, was impregnable. So deep was her faith that it gave her a beautiful freedom in the world. She lived joyously in her father's house, and because she was free she had one great resource which some saints have denied themselves, a delightful and never-failing humour. This great gift, so often misunderstood, is itself an evidence of immortality, for the soul of humour is the unconscious of the contrast between the greatness of man's destiny and the absurdity of some of his interests and occupations. It is pre-eminently the resource of those who can play with the incongruities of life because they know its transcendent significance, of those who can give themselves the liberty of the house because they are at home in it. So there came to her a vivacity, an ease, a charm of disposition and of talk, which made her room a place of peace and joy and often of gaiety. She was not afraid to be happy, and her happiness pervaded the place in which she suffered. Among those who read these words, few will recognise the portrait. If it were otherwise, even this slight sketch could not have been written. The record is made to remind the despondent, the sceptical, the scoffing, and all who bear heavy crosses, that in this age of immense practical activity, of vast enterprises, of absorbing pursuit, of the things that perish in the using of haste, tumult, and restlessness, holy men and women still walk the earth as of old, saintly lives still bear the fruit of peace and love in quiet places, and the highest virtues still have their eloquent witnesses. Eighty-four years this saint of today breathed the air of the modern world, shared in its work, and spoke its language, and went out of life as stainless as she entered it, leaving behind her a memory which has become part of the imperishable wealth of all who passed her way and felt the spell of her radiant spirit. End of chapter 5